Welcome to the Ghost Gal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to paranormal investigations and histories. I'm your Ghost Gal, Liz Kowal. Today's episode features my interview with empathic medium Brian Danhausen, who also happens to be the leader of our team into the afterlife paranormal. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Brian Danhausen. Um, hi, Brian. Hi. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, my name is Brian Danhausen. I am uh, a multitude of things. I am a paranormal investigator, the founder of Into the Afterlife Paranormal, creator and one of the hosts of the Paranormal Pop with my two other co-hosts, Liz <laughs> and Axie. <laughs> I'm a empathic medium. I am a witch. I am a father. <laughs> you know, I work my regular job. I'm an author, artist, energy painter. I might be it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. So, for people that don't know, what is an empathic medium? Well, because when I I'm a medium, which I guess communicates with the other side, with the, the spirit world. But I also, being empathic, I feel kind of what they're feeling. Okay. How does that affect you in your day-to-day life? I'm able to, for the most part, shut myself down until I go do to do a reading or to an investigation. And then I kind of open myself up. Now, it's not a guarantee because sometimes it still happens when I'm not expecting it to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes open and don't pick up anything, so it's a little random, but I mean, I guess that's just how it is. Yeah, so if, like, a spirit is, like, really persistent and, like, or somebody or something is wanting to get a message across sometimes, does that just come through even if you have tried to shut yourself off? Right, right, until I contact that person. Uh, I just did a reading two weeks ago, and the client's grandmother was with me for about three days. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow, like beforehand or after? No, after, because something was not complete. I had to recontact her and, wow. you know, <laughs> keep the message keep the message going. Or she was waiting to see how she reacted to the information that I gave her for her reading. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Of, I think she was waiting for it to play out because once the client had contacted me back and let me know what was going on, she went away. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. You you know, you, I mean, you hear about people having like readings and stuff um, and how it impacts them, but you never really, you know, think about how it's affecting the person that's doing the reading. So, right. Okay. So um, when did you first realize you could read energies and what, how did you decide that you were going to paint those readings? Well, I've always been an artist I was interested in doing like tarot readings and card readings, divination cards. And so I started with cards and as I was doing the cards, I was seeing stuff in my, in my head. And I guess being an artist, I just was like, oh, well, maybe if I transfer what I'm seeing onto the painting. And that's how I started uh, with that. It took me a long time to accept it of what I was doing, what I was seeing. I didn't even call myself a medium at all or an empathic medium for a very long time because I didn't know what to call myself. I was accepting it, but not accepting it. It was kind of weird at the beginning. Did you almost feel like you're not sure if, like, 
you know, those abilities or, or what you're seeing or feeling is like real. Right. Right. Well, and I still like, uh, validation for the most part. So if I'm doing an investigating or invest, I'm sorry, if I'm doing an investigation, I'm not like your typical, I guess, medium that goes in and kind of walks through and starts just spouting stuff off. So we did one down, uh, down in Indiana with three, well, actually it was more than three. It was, it was me, it was uh, my friend Adam and the Southern Gypsies. And we came down as mediums to walk through this location. Adam was up on the floor first. He was kind of talking and saying what was going on. I don't like to be influenced. So I said, well, I'm going up to the upper levels. And I was writing down my notes in the phone. After speaking to the owner, when the, the Southern Gypsies got there, She's like, I like your technique. Let's everyone just not say anything. Everyone write everything down. And then they did a live reveal during Facebook. So we gave her all our notes and she did a Facebook live and revealed what was going on in the building as she compared to our notes, which most of our notes lined up with each other, which gave us validation. Mm -hmm. And on investigations, I keep quiet because I don't like to influence people. Right. And then if evidence comes forward, then I will come forward with what I had seen or whatnot. That's pretty interesting. I mean, and they talk about that in, um, you know, even just in other professions and fields, um, what they call imposter syndrome, where it's like you feel like you're not good enough or like you're not really. I, I mean, I feel that like in my profession sometimes it's just like, am I actually like good enough to be doing this? So. Right. You know. Sometimes I also feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I sent you that message the other night. I mean, I'm not a medium or anything by any means, but the other night when I was trying to fall asleep and I could hear those voices, like right. it was like coming through like static, like you're listening to a staticky radio. And it was just like it kept happening and happening. And it was like, am I just going insane? I mean, you tell somebody like, oh, I'm hearing voices. They're like, well, OK, you're crazy. Yeah. See, now, you, you say you're not, but I believe everyone has abilities, right? And some people have, uh, like, an initial one that's stronger, and it could be, like, psychic seeing, psychic knowing, psychic hearing, which might be what was going on with you. Okay. And the other abilities can be developed, but you're always going to have that one that's the strongest. So when I first started getting in contact with the other side, I couldn't hear a word that they said. I could see miles moving, but I couldn't hear them. Oh. I could just see I could just see and feel what they're doing. And even now when I'm doing the readings or when I'm doing the walkthroughs, I still don't think I actually hear them, but I I feel what they're feeling. And I think it's just because they send me visualization, that's why I paint it. And I know I know what's going on by visualizing it and feeling it as opposed to like an actual voice telling me. Some people will hear it and say, oh, they said their name is this or, they're, you know, and maybe that's why I don't pick up on names like other people do. Yeah. But I can pick up on if it's a female and maybe if it's like if I get the feeling that it might be a mother type of female. Or sometimes they would show me, again, the grandmother uh, that had come through that was stuck with me. The color orange represents uh, some kind of sickness, whether it might be uh, – an actual sickness or like even like a self-harming or uh, alcoholism, anything like that. It's kind of a broad spectrum. So the grandmother had some issues with Alzheimer's and stuff like that. Okay. Where at the end her mind was kind of off. So that was her way of showing who I was reading that that's who that, that was. Because she, she would have known that 
I just know there was something wrong in her head. But the client knew what it, exactly it was. But again, the grandma was trying to give me a clue on what was going on with her so the client would know exactly who was coming through. Okay, that's... If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total <laughs> sense. And that's great that you explained that because so many people wonder why, um, you know, mediums only get parts of messages. So right. like you said, you know, you only can see, like some people have that ability to see or hear <clears throat> or feel. That would make sense why you're only getting, you know, parts of that and message. That's why- and that's why I think some mediums, like even if you're working with other people, we're picking up different things because we're perceiving our, I guess, antennas are tuned into different portions of what's going on, I guess. So yeah. things might be similar, but things might be different as well as we're picking up on, our abilities are picking up on different things. Yeah, so it would be beneficial or interesting to, you know, like you did with the Southern Gypsies and Adam, if you guys all have, you know, different abilities to see the different things that you're picking up on and then piecing those together. That's pretty cool. So uh, have you ever seen something you're uncomfortable or unwilling to share with a person during a reading? I used to when I first started was iffy on, because not all readings are like sunshines and rainbows, which people think they are. Sometimes dark energies come through or let me explain it like this. I just share everything now. I don't hold nothing back, even though before I feel like I, I wanted to hold it back. I'd be real iffy about it. Now I just, I read what they show me, what's in the painting, and I just read what it is. Mm-hmm. So, and people always, so not everyone, but so in the world of like auras and stuff like that, there's supposed to be a particular color palette and what each color represents. For my person, what they show me, the colors are different, the meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Which is how I interpret them. And it's not wrong. I'm not saying anyone's wrong, but it's just different. So for me, purple, which in the aura spectrum usually represents like uh, spirituality. For me, if show me purple around a person or situation, it's a negative situation. And for me, yellow is peace and serenity. So when I'm doing these readings, I always try to explain that if someone's got like a lot of bad stuff going on, we always have to go through these purple phases to get to the, the yellow phase. But what the purple phase does is teaches us and builds us up for the next phase of who we're supposed to be. So we have to go through the purple to get to the yellow. I do feel as we are younger and we're going through more life lessons, there's more purple. But as we get older, that becomes less and less and we're more in the yellow if this is making sense to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. It's really interesting to hear, you know, the different interpretations. Um, can you share with us, like, what the different colors mean to you? So purple for me, it's kind of weird because if it's surrounding a particular, like, higher-up entity, it might be spiritual if the whole painting engulfs it. Okay. I can usually tell by what it, from what it's surrounding, but usually for me, purple is a negative. Uh, people see black and they get scared, but black for me is a protective color. And it represents things or people on this plane of existence. Okay. Whereas white white beings represent people that have passed over or they're on the other side. So that's how I can distinguish who's here and who's passed over. Uh, red equals love and strength, but it also represents. So if I painted you with a red core, I call the core like in the, the heart region, mm-hmm. and I paint someone on the other side that has a red core, they're connected to you somehow being family friend loved one if they had a blue core they had something that was more like a, a guardian angel type of thing oh okay uh yellow is peace and serenity green is a healing energy 
Uh, pink is female, blue is male. Uh, is that the colors? I'm not sure yeah, if I totally yeah, cover everything, but... Yeah, that's really interesting. And so that's how you started interpreting those things. So they would show you these images and... And when I first started, the paintings were much, much different. Like, so far different from what they are now is... Actually, if I'm thinking about this, is the first time I actually kind of thought about it in a while. It's, it was very weird because I was trying to pick stuff out of the painting. Oh, God. Now... The more I do it, the images are much more clear. And even, so let's say the beings on the other side before were just kind of white, I was calling like stick figure type of things. Mm-hmm. Now they have facial features and more detail to them as I'm painting them. So things are becoming more clear even now than, I don't know, I'm going to say eight, nine years ago when I started. Wow. With the original paintings. Okay. Because I did, I did, I did the paintings for a while, and then I stopped. I got sidetracked. I started doing uh, more like comic cons and stuff like that. So my art kind of, I was focusing on, I guess, like superhero nature stuff like that. Yeah. Uh man, I'm trying to think how many years ago, I was up at uh, Michigan Paracon, and I thought, you know what? Someone was telling me just to start bringing these back, so I did a sample of somebody. And I started doing readings at the, the paranormal shows again, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it like nonstop ever since. So yeah. I would think that's been about five or six years now straight. You know, I've had two energy paintings from you, and they were both. I mean, I still like talking to, you know, friends and coworkers about it. I still can't believe like how accurate and how spot on you were about these things. And thank you. <laughs> I know, and I, yeah, I know. I think what is it up at Holton Lake? You made me cry, and not because like bad. <laughs> All right. Actually, I think at the first one, too, I think I teared up, but I think I was too nervous because I had just joined the team. Um, right. But yeah, I just. It just amazes me that you are able to capture that. And then, you know, it's so nice to have a reading by a good medium because there are some out there that are maybe questionable. But, yeah, I mean, I and then, so, you know, you take that feeling away from your reading. But with you, you get an actual physical representation of that reading. And it's so amazing because I have both of those hanging up in my living room. And sometimes I just sit in there and I just look at them and it's like, you know, I still feel that flood of emotion that I felt during that right. meeting. And it's so nice to have that as a souvenir. So I really appreciate what you do. Well, I, you know what? And, and, and I say this, too. I mean, people thank me wherever. But I thank you guys because you guys, and it does get emotional. And, and you guys open up to me and let me be a part of your life's journey. So for me, it's like an honor to be able to be a part of that. So I thank you guys for allowing me in. And let me, you know, be, I guess I'm going to say be the middleman. Because a lot of times the message I'm getting for you guys is coming from your past over loved ones. Or like I said, some of it is past situations. Sometimes past lives come through. It's, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it gets weird. Uh, and I never know. I never know what's going to come up in a painting. And I used to, like I said, I used to hesitate and, and not want to paint particular things. And I've just learned to just paint it, say what it is whether it's emotional or not, you know, yeah. and I do have people that, that tell me that they, they, cause a lot, a lot of times the paintings will have to do with something that you need to look at now and deal with now in your life. 
Mm-hmm. Is someone coming through with a message saying it's time to deal with this? It's time to look at this situation. And I got people telling me, yeah, I keep it by my bed. I look at it every morning and, and use it as an inspiration, which is uh, makes me emotional just even thinking about that because yeah. it's like a great honor for me for someone to come tell me that. Or like you just said, you still look at your paintings and still get that same feeling. So to me, that's like a good, you know, good feeling, I guess, if yeah. I'm expressing that correctly. Yeah, yeah, to have such <clears throat> a huge impact on somebody's life and to continue to have right. that impact, you know? It's just, it's truly amazing. And that's why I think I was wanting to hold back at first because it does have a huge, a lot of times, not all, maybe not all the time, has a huge impact on someone's life. For an example, I was doing, again, all that Michigan Paracon. I did two readings in a row where the first one, her son came through who had committed suicide. And the second one, right after that reading, was her daughter came through who had just died in a car accident, I think six months prior to this. And you want to talk about, like, emotionals, you know, uh, a draining emotional yeah. on them, of course, but on me as well, because I, being empathic, I'm picking up on their emotions, and then I'm picking up on the emotions from the people on the other side. So, like, for that, I had to stop, like, a half an hour to read you know, after those two readings, I just had to cut everyone off and just kind of go off and regroup. And yeah, it's very, it's very draining, especially when you're doing a show and you're doing multiples, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that was actually going to be my next question for you. Uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, okay. I must, because I, I must be psychic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I was going to ask you if you ever had any like, like what your most memorable readings were and then how, you know, those affect you. But I think you answered that pretty well. So I do have this one that I always use as an example. And it was very validating for me. As I said, I like validation. I don't just like to hand out information. I like to make sure what I'm trying to say is, is correct. So I was in Toledo and this lady came up and get a reading. She had, you know, a long sleeve shirt on. So I did this painting with her, and there was a tree in it, which represents growth and strength. There's more to it. but So there was a yeah. tree. Inside the tree was the, the goddess rising symbol, which is it's hard to explain. Sure. And in, her, in the goddess rising symbol, there's a spiral, which is uh, the representation of the goddess. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other stuff, and I'm going through it, and I'm reading her painting. And she goes, do you want to see something that's going to blow your mind? I'm like, well, yeah, of course. She pulls her sleeve, and her tattoo is a tree with a goddess symbol and the spiral. No way! Oh my so, god! So, and I, I and it, it, it did, it did blow my mind, and I couldn't believe it. And we talked, you know, for a little bit longer, and, and she, you know, got her painting and left. And then, as I thought about, it, I'm like, why didn't I get a picture of all this? I actually posted something about the show, and she responded on it. So I was like, hey, would you, would you mind sending me a picture of your tattoo and the painting? And she did. I said, do you mind if I share this story? She's like, no, not at all. So I still have that, you know, that lady, her tattoo and the painting, which mm-hmm. I use it as a, as a sample of when people ask what, you know, how it kind of works yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, but that, like, it, it totally blew my, I'm like, wow, that's just I don't know, I'm trying to be like, whatever, but I was like amazed and it kind of did blow my mind. I'm like, wow, that did that just really happen? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's validation and, you know, in such a field that is so unknown, like everything is unknown in the paranormal, you know, so to have right. that 
that solid piece of evidence is just, it's exciting, it's thrilling, and, and to know that you were part of that is pretty exciting. You know, with my painting, you had touched on something that, you know, I've never discussed with anyone. Like, you know, Adam knows because it happened to him, too. And, you know, that's something that we share, and it's something that, you know, we talk about often. And then for you to see that and, and paint that, it was like, we both couldn't believe it. And when I think back about it, too, you know, I picture the painting, and seeing it in that painting kind of kind of gave us closure for that. Well, that makes me feel good that it was able to help like that. Yeah. I've actually had quite a few people say that. There's one that stands out. Uh, I, can't, I can't say what, but I touched on something that she said no one knew about. I said not even, you know, her cousin who she was very close with. She's like, no, not even her. I've never told anybody this. She goes, I do not know how you know this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I know this either. It's just what they show me. Yeah. You know, I don't important. know. I, I, I usually have, like I said, I know the, I know the colors, what, the, what they represent. I know what the symbols and the, the, the images represent. But I don't know someone's life. Mm-hmm. So I can just pass this message. And then, as I always tell people, I paint it, I explain the painting, I explain what the colors mean, I explain what the images mean and what the feelings I'm getting. And then I say at that point, if you want to open up, I call it my safe point. Because it's not like if you start talking about the painting, I can go back and repaint something in front of you. Right. It's right there. There's no backtracking. I can't repaint something that you're looking at. So, I mean, it is what it is. I say at the time, I don't even know what I'm painting. Symbols come up. One time I painted a turtle, and I didn't want to paint it because I'm like, why, why the, am I painting a turtle? <laughs> yeah. And I just painted a turtle, and the lady's like, oh, my gosh, a tur- is, that, she goes, is that a turtle? She's like, turtles, are, it's like my animal. It pops up for me all the time. So it wasn't for me to understand. Yeah. It was for them to understand. So that's when I had decided I'm just going to paint what I see, and that's, you know, that's that. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever seen <clears throat> you really paint, you know, looking at your stuff at the shows and stuff. I don't think I've really ever seen animals in there. Does sometimes happen? spirit animals come. Sometimes spirit animals come through. Like I said, everyone's kind of different. I painted for the uh, the southern gypsies. I read all three of them, and well, that must the be one interesting. the one a, a, a spirit animal came through, and she was very uh, with the Native American uh, mm. background. Yeah. And again, this is like the first time. I, well, I met them a long time ago, I think, but we were kind of arguing about that if it was them or not but yeah. i guess uh what i picked up on her painting was her native american spirit guide she went and got the tattoo of what the painting had represented which was a wolf wow. which was i was like oh, what what yeah that's pretty <laughs> but she you know she had posted on there so i was like wow that's you know that's some crazy stuff man yeah <laughs> wow animals will come through past life stuff comes through sometimes and that gets kind of weird I actually enjoy that the most because usually I'll paint past less stuff and people are like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I have a connection with this particular aspect of it. Maybe a location, let's say maybe like Egyptian stuff comes through and like, oh, or, you know, stuff like that. And like I've always had a connection with that kind of mythology or whatever history and yeah. that type of location. I've wondered that, you know, if some of your interests or, um, you know, things like that, like, if, does your past life have an effect on your interests now, you know? Uh, yeah, I do believe it does. I, I believe everything in the grand scheme of things connects together because I'm, I'm one for believing in multiple lives mm-hmm. and learning your life lessons because what you don't learn in this lifetime in between 
just coming back into my witchy uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. When you go, when you when you're done with this lifetime, you go to your Akashic records, which is the records of all your lives, and you reflect on what your life lessons you learned in this one and what you didn't learn, and you plan your next lifetime. That's why I kind of get. I think Deja comes from. Oh yeah. Because you've already planned it, so that's why it's like, well, I've already done this. That's just my own theory, so that's not like a. Yeah. No, but that's really uh, interesting, yeah. So I, everything eventually ties together. Mm-hmm. You're not going to remember this, but, you know, as you're planning your next life. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a whole weird, oh, another, maybe a whole other show. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> accessing the Akashic Records and all that kind of witchy kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know. The, the Akashic Records don't have to be witchy stuff. It's just something that I've integrated into my, my path of belief. Mm-hmm. I was at uh, I was actually at a, a convocation, which was classes for like witches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we actually went into the whole room into meditation, and the class was about accessing your akashic records. Okay. That's so cool. I actually was able to go in and see what it kind of was. So again, more of a personal experience. I can't prove anything or. Right. But for me, it was fine because it was my personal experience. So do you consider yourself a Wiccan or a witch? Uh, a witch. Okay. A Wiccan is a much more structured, uh, and it's actually a recognized religion now. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't before. It's the religion of witchcraft. Witchcraft is a craft. And so what I call myself is an eclectic witch. So I can take stuff from Wicca. I can take stuff from the craft. I can take stuff from Buddhism if I want. I can take stuff from Christianity if I want. Right. Whatever I can put together, whatever works for me in my life mm-hmm. is how it works for me, and that's my path. Yes. I'm not held down by one particular thing or whatever. You cannot just be – you have to be constantly learning. You cannot be stuck in one way or something. So with witchcraft, I'm constantly learning. With paranormal investigations, I'm constantly learning. Mm-hmm. With doing the medium stuff, I would reach out to other friends who are mediums and I would ask them questions, which brings me to a point of if you are starting out and you do have these questions, the legit psychics and mediums will help you on your path. The ones that are doing it just for the money will be like, well, I'm not going to help this person or competition. If you want to know something, pay for a reading. Right. I've done free readings all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'll see someone walk by and I have to give them a piece of uh, information. I just, I don't charge them for that. Right. I say, hey, come sit down. I got, I got to tell you something. Do you have people that are ever, like, resistant to that? Like, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to hear. Like, you, you know, I've, if you were like I think I've never, I've never actually really had that they were resistant to. It's like, it's weird because if I wear my into the afterlife shirt to, like, the grocery store, the cashier's got to tell me a ghost story that something happened to her. Yeah. We were trying to cross the border. And to Canada, there was an ex-police uh, officer that was doing border patrol now. As we were going, to, I was going to do a show there in Rose City, Paracon. And we told him what we were doing. He's like, ghost? And he starts telling us about this whole ghost story about his ex-partner in the police car. And my wife's like, well, the people behind us. And he's like, no, they can wait. And he tells <laughs> us this whole story oh, at the border of his uh, ex-partner who was deceased mm-hmm. showing up in his squad car. Oh, so wow. people are always like, I don't believe in ghosts. But this one time, this weird thing happened. Everyone's got a story. Yeah. Everyone has a story, whether they want to believe it or not. But they always just call it a weird experience. Right. But there's always something 
weird going on somewhere with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love hearing about other people's experiences, and you know, and that's one of the many things that I love about paranormal investigating, and you know, our team is that we all have different investigating styles, and we all have different techniques, and I I love that you know you as our as our leader and founder, it's you're never like. No, it has to be, you have to investigate like me. You have to follow my rules. You know, I mean, we do have like guidelines and stuff. You know, I really, really like that about our team because there's no just one right way when it comes to investigating. And there's not, and there's not one right way to do it because there's no book on this. And I always say this too, people when I do my lectures and some people get mad. There are no experts in this field. And if someone says they're a EVP expert or a whatever expert, they're not. They're an expert in their own head. Right. Because how can we be an expert of a plan of existence that we cannot fully understand? We don't have full access to any of this. I don't even think sometimes the people on the other side have full access and they don't know what's going on. You know, just from EVPs we've caught and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if they can't understand... How are we supposed to say, understand, say, oh, we're a paranormal expert or we're, we're this, we're that. We ain't nothing, man. You know, we're just learning. We're kind of going through, uh, bumping our heads in the dark, trying to figure this out. Yeah. So the more you can reach out to different people and learn different things and experience what they're experiencing and, again, integrate it. We were invited out last Saturday to go with another team and investigate a location. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams... I don't know if I say a lot, but I, you know, that I've come across don't like that. I, I, a couple of our members, Lance and Patty, they go investigating all the time. Yeah. With different people, different locations, and that's awesome because who knows what kind of knowledge they'll bring back to us yeah. to share. But like I said, I've come across teams that they forbid, y'all, you can't work with other people, you can't work with other teams. This is it. This is, you know, this is not our team. Is you know. I just don't dig that, man, because you can't grow. You can't learn if you're not taking other people's experiences and, you know, and thoughts and philosophies and theories and trying to grow and learn from, you know, that. Yeah. And, you know, what you said that you you say in your lectures and stuff, that always stuck with me, that, you know, there really are no experts in this field. So, yeah, I do kind of wonder when people are saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so, they're an expert EVP, you know, whatever or something. It's like, right. okay, I mean, maybe in your mind. I've also come up with this, too, when people question it. And I get a lot of stuff we do is intent, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we do hot cleanses. We use sage and whatever, uh, the Palo Santo wood to cleanse houses. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it takes more than once to work. But in the long run, who are we to make up a set of rules, again, for a plan of existence we don't understand? Right. Who is the first one to say, oh, sage, sage will cl- cleanse this house of spirits? How do they know that? Yeah, I always wondered that. Who came up with that? Mm-hmm. Again, it's intent. A lot of what we do is intent. So when we put the intent out there to the universe, it works. I mean, I've staged houses, you know, mm-hmm. and it's worked and it's stuck. Yep. So it's intent. But it's not a guarantee. When we go cleanse a house or something, I tell our clients, this is not a guarantee. I said it might work the first time. It might take three times, which has happened before. I said it might not work at all. All we can do is come in and try. Right. And, you know, and try to help you get what answers you want and what help they, the people on the other side might need. But nothing's guaranteed because, like, again, I just, 
I don't know who we are that we think we can make up these rules for a plane of existence that we have no contact or understanding of. Yeah, and it's like when you think of the big picture, it just blows my mind that we are like this tiny speck in our universe. Who knows how right. many universes are actually out there, and then we think we control everything. It's crazy. You know what blew, what blew my mind? We just This is really something different, yeah. because you said universe. Everyone's seeing that picture of the Milky Way galaxy, mm-hmm. right? Where it's got the big glowing thing in the middle, and then all the spirals coming out. We're supposed to be at this little spiral of the end of the Milky Way galaxy, right? Yep. Who came up with that picture? We can't even get to Mars, barely. <laughs> <coughs> Who right. got out to the the whole galaxy picture? Right. I don't get it, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And that's just it. It's just information that's passed along that people are like, yeah, yep, that makes sense. Let's assume that, that that's what it is, but no one's been that deep in space. No. I don't know. Like I said, it's, I was thinking about one that I'm like, hey, yeah. how'd that happen? Who took that Because, like, growing up, the whole the whole time growing up, it's just been the image. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? It is, it is. It's just in your science books. It's everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, okay. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> Um, so... That's a lot of topic. <laughs> uh, that's okay. It's a good conversation. Um, right. And it's nice to chat with you because, you know, we've usually seen each other in person probably, what, ten times by now at least <laughs> from the season, and we right. haven't been able to get together as a team, but I am looking forward to the 6th Precinct in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so am I. That's going to be fun. Um... I know Adam is going. Yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a because of the, the the pandemic going on. Everything this year has obviously been canceled and postponed, and mm-hmm. and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean we got to stay safe, but yeah, I'm very disappointed because I finally had tickets to Michigan Paracon this year and yeah, canceled. But now I got it for next year, so right, that'll be fine. Um. So we talked a little bit about mediums and sharing sharing their knowledge and stuff. So did you have a mentor? Through? I talked to several different people. I've talked to, well, when I first started, I used to go to a, a store called Mystic Mountain, and the, I'm going to call her the head witch there, Sandy, used to help me out a lot. Not only with the witch stuff, but with, you know, the other uh, the abilities. Yeah. Uh, I talked. I talked to Exy. I talked to Christian Roberts. I talked to Christy Robinette. I've asked her, you know, all these people's stuff. If I if I'm with someone, I'll ask them. If I got questions, I just ask them. So yeah. If I go to these shows, sometimes I'll go to these shows and walk around in between readings and just converse and and, and talk to other the other psychics or the other vendors and you know see what knowledge I can I can gain. You know. Yeah. And they, then I, some come to my booth and do the same, and I'm all willing to give any kind of help I can give. That's I think that's really nice because I think there's probably, well, I mean, you said people haven't really explored that, maybe one, because they're nervous, but two, you know, they they don't know who to ask or who to how to grow that knowledge. But some people, it's just not their path. Mm-hmm. I know people that they kind of got their straightforward look, and they're just looking straight right in front of them. And that's what works for them. That's fine. But me, I like to go up through life looking at everything, looking around, and trying to pick up every little thing I can see and, and do, and and that's what works for me. Are you currently mentoring anyone? Oh, it's weird you ask that. 
I had someone contact me about wanting me to help them on their spiritual path. Oh. Just like like within a couple of days. So oh. if you ask me, that's kind of weird. Yeah. You must be psychic. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of not quite sure where to take that yet. Yeah. You know, I've never, like I said, people ask me for advice on, you know, their abilities and stuff, and that's fine. But to help someone find their spiritual path, I've never really done. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about my path and why I've chosen what I've chosen in my life. Mm-hmm. But for someone else, it's, you know, it's always like an inner thing that has to come with it. Again, yeah. I guess I'd be like the guides that I speak with on the other side, like your guides, your past relatives who are guiding you now. I guess I would take on that role with this particular person and give them suggestions, but it's ultimately their choice on what they want to do. If they want to take the information I'm sharing with it and what they want to do with it is their choice. Yeah. Like when I do when I do the readings, I'm just giving you information. And I'm telling you what your guides are telling you or your past loved ones who are now your guides are kind of trying to point you in what direction. Whether you listen to them or, or me being the middleman or not, that's your choice. Right. I always say they can guide you and give you hints and clues, but they cannot tell you what to do. They cannot give you the answer you need. That's part of your journey of figuring that out. Yeah. You know, if they could just give you the answers, it'd be, well, easy, easy, you know. I don't want to say easy breezy, but I almost said that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's true. I mean, that's part of life is, you know, learning and, and growing and the struggles. And, right. I mean, if everything was super easy, you probably wouldn't really grow. I do believe that once your life lessons are done throughout your whole, uh, all your lives, that's when you get to go back home. When I say go back home, I say to the divine. Yeah. So, because to me, I've said this before, my belief is the divine being is a divine being. It doesn't matter if you call it God, God, Buddha, whatever. In the end, it's all the same. It's using different aspects of itself to connect with different people. So I don't think anyone's religion is wrong. It's just what the divine is using to connect with that person. I know when I had my <clears throat> painting done with you that I could feel like intense heat coming from your hands. And it wasn't necessarily because like, oh, it was a hot day or something. I mean, right. in air conditioning, but like I could just feel when you put your hands over mine, you weren't physically touching, but it was right. just really, really intense heat. Like, what do you... So it, it's kind of different for everybody. Like sometimes there's... Like I said, even if they're not actually physically touching me, some people have almost pushed me down like a heaviness. Mm-hmm. So I know that they're carrying something with them, some kind of burden that they're carrying with them. Uh, sometimes in locations, when I pick up my stuff, my head starts buzzing. And I know, okay, something's coming through, something's in the room. Sometimes the readings are very emotional, and I can't, I'll start tearing up, I, you know, and I can't control that either. Uh, I said, so every time is different. Every feeling is different with every person. Some of the feelings are similar, of course. Yeah. But I, like I said, because every, every reading is different. And even every when I read the same people a lot, I tell them to wait at least three or four months in between readings before they come back and ask me for a reading. Because I don't think there's enough time for anything to change. Again, people are in it just for the money. I'm going to need to see you once a week. You need a reading once a week. You don't need a reading once a week because what has changed from the week before? Right. Maybe something has changed, but not enough to constitute another reading. Yeah. You have to let give things time to develop and things to change and happen how they're supposed to happen. 
wait a few months yeah. before you come back and get another reading. So how does reading and sensing energies affect the way that you investigate? A lot of times I will not go on the initial walk. Especially, uh, client cases are different. Client cases we need the knowledge. Or I like to have the team have the knowledge, even if I'm not going through and walking through. But when we go to these other like popular locations, as I call them, I don't like to take the tour. Oh, like the like when they give you. I'm, that gonna, I'm losing, I'm losing my parents. What? Revo is a question. Again. Uh, how <laughs> how does <laughs> um, you know sensing and reading energies affect the way that you investigate? All right. Okay. When I investigate, because like I said earlier, I don't like to influence people because I did find if I was picking up something, I said something, it became very contagious. Mm-hmm. If I saw a woman, all of a sudden. Someone else saw a woman. Someone, I'm not saying they didn't see it, but all of a sudden, everyone's seeing a woman. And I feel like, did I just influence them? So in an investigation, if we're investigating and the team and me and you in a room and I see a woman or pick up on whatever, I'll pull you aside, just you, and say, I see a woman, that's what she looks like, that's what I'm kind of picking up on her feelings. And we just keep that between us. Mm-hmm. Don't even tell the rest of the team. Now, later on, because we probably have a recorder running in there, if we pick up a female voice when that was going on, yeah. then we'll bring it to the team. And I got you to back me up, right? Right, yeah. And then we'll say, well, this is what was going on. And then we kind of piece it together mm-hmm. to a point where we could take it to a client or something. I might, sketch, I might sketch her out and we might come across a photo that looks like the sketch. Then we would bring it to the team first and then to the client. Right. I had a one client. I drew something for the initial interview, we didn't even investigate. And I held on to that drawing. We don't just, we're not like a one and done and just go to someone's house and investigate and leave and never come back. We stick with our clients as long as they need us. Mm-hmm. I hold on to this drawing for, I'm going to say, maybe close to a year before I presented it to the client. Oh, wow. Because something had come up to where she started talking about a particular relative and the the person in the interview with me saw the, the drawing, so they knew of the drawing. So the drawing was, wasn't like, after you know, it was shown almost at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. to a couple of the team. Anyways, the description she was giving me, I said, I'm gonna, next time we come, I'm going to bring this drawing. And it actually ended up being who she thought it was in the house. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, right. And I sat on it for a long time. I said a few of the team members knew who, you know, saw the drawing mm-hmm. a year before or almost a year before. So I was just yeah. sitting there, sitting there in their in their case file. We used to have case files. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Did she keep that drawing or did you keep it? Mm, I think I've still seen it floating around here from time to time. Oh, okay. So I think we talked about you being able to turn off your ability of reading energy. Right. Um, but does it ever just become like too overwhelming like you know if you're at a paracon or you're you know out and about like do you ever get like flooded with with right when when you see me get up and start walking around the show that's Mm -hmm. what i'm doing is getting rid of all that built up kind of energy from everybody okay Uh, you know so at paracon (laughs) i'm reading and painting from like 8 a.m. to probably 7 at night i wasn't even taking a lunch that's how busy i was which I'm, I'm, i'm so grateful for yeah. But every once in a while, you'll see me get up, and I'll, I'll, I'll do a loop or a couple loops around the, the vendor room because I just can't I just can't take it, I guess, anymore. And I got to get up and release some of that stuff I've been kind of 
taken in. Yeah. And kind of get rid of it. So, yeah, it does uh, definitely affect. Yeah. Do you ever feel, like, drained or just tired, like, the next day, like, after a show? The next day, I will be very drained, and all I want to do is sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, sometimes I pick up on weird, like, pains. I'll get sharp pains in my head or my arm or my chest from people. Uh, So I'm picking it up, too, so it's actually almost like a physical thing sometimes as well. Yeah. That don't happen all the time. Just depends. And the more... And the more emotional a reading is, the more draining it is. Yeah. I was saying yesterday, uh, you know, to my to my friend, my office mate and stuff, I was just like, you know, I've just been dealing with everyone's, like, emotions. Like, I'm so drained. I can't, like, I just can't do it anymore because it just, you know, talking to quite a few people the other day that were just, like, absolutely hysterical. And it was just, you know, and it's not that I didn't want to help them. You know, I was helping them and stuff, but it's just, like, feeling like taking on all all that emotion and that energy it was just like, oh, my, like, I got to stop for a minute. Like, I right. just can't. Well, it's like, I'll go back to, and it's not just witchy stuff, but I'll, a lot of witchy stuff has a lot of attraction. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll use this as an example. You go on to work, and you're in a good mood, and you get partnered up with your work partner, and let's say your work partner is just in a bad mood, and they're bad-mouthing, mm-hmm. one of you are going to pick up on the other one's energy and next thing you know you're in a bad mood even though you're in a good mood you came in just yeah. from being around that energy and you just like it's like you know yeah gets on you and you're like get off me right yeah that's true though it is true it's like you know we say that it's like a cancer it just spreads that bad negative energy it just it spreads and it just right. brings on to everybody and it just you know it's it's too much sometimes you're just like okay and if you can't block that off or shut it down or walk away from it, then it just becomes so draining and mm-hmm. it's consuming. Right. And when I shut down, that doesn't guarantee because things still come through. I still pick up on energy and stuff like that. I just think it's not as intense. Oh, so it's kind of like you dial it down. Right. It's, you know, for the most part, it's a way to function, I guess, without constantly dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, then I go to a location or I go to readings, like I said, I open back up. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes things still pop in and it doesn't matter because, again, this is, who knows what's going on in this <laughs> crazy right. afterlife. Yeah. So um, this kind of ties in with that. So are you able to read the energy of, like, a physical location versus just, like, the people that are in there? I have been in locations where I've been able to read the location. The place in Indiana. Every room in that place, was while I was picking up on the building, feels like you're in a different time era. It's the oddest thing that I've felt in a, almost like a building. Because on one floor, you feel like you're here. Down, even in the basement, sub-basement, where it's split, each side of the basement feels like you're in a different time period. And it's hard to explain. Then as the owner's walking through, she's telling, well, over here was the Underground Railroad. Over here is where the, the mob brand, the speakeasy in the basement, two things were going on. Yeah. And on that, and you can feel, you can just feel the difference in the building. And you go up to the, the second floor where the apartments are, and you're like in a whole nother like time era. It's just, it's so bizarre. I w- you know, I, we just did the interview with Daniel from the Hinsdale house. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go up there maybe two years ago and paint the house. Not oh, paint yeah. the house, like paint the bedroom. But energy read the house. Yeah. 
And I've just not, because, you know, it's New York. I just not been able to get out there. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. It will. Yeah. You should, like, live stream that or something, because that would be, or maybe we can go as a team, but that would be really right. interesting. To, I would love to see you do that. So the Newkirks have uh, Billy the Idol that they travel with. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I painted him down at Dundee. So objects as well, you know, haunted, quote-unquote, haunted objects or whatever. Do you have a picture of that? Or they take, they probably uh, take it? I, I might have it somewhere. I know he, I know he live-streamed it, like you just said, actually, on Facebook, I believe. Yeah. While I was painting it. Um, if people are interested in having a reading or painting done with you, how can they do that? Now with the pandemic, I'm doing uh, live video readings via, like, Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. And then I mail you the painting. Oh. So you still get the, you still get the painting. It's just like being there, instead of like we're doing now, but you'll watch me paint, and then I'll flip the painting around, I'll explain it, and then we'll talk for a while, and then I mail you the painting. I do send you a picture of it right away, yeah. so you can kind of reflect on it while you're waiting for it in the mail. That's uh, Like I said, if you go to Brian Danhausen through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my name will pop up, and you can just message me if you want a reading or... I'm doing my first show back tomorrow, so we're gonna, you know, safety precautions are in in place, and we're gonna see how it goes. Cause it's like a two-hour drive for me. Hopefully everything goes good, and you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a test for me to see if I can ease back into this doing the cons and, and the shows and stuff. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. And when things are normal, they can see you at shows, paracons, comic cons. Cause we didn't mention too. I know I only have a few minutes, but you didn't mention about your cosplay too. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, I do like the cosplay. Uh, so I do it for charity stuff, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the uh, the autism walk we do, uh, the Children's Miracle Network. I well, we do the Joker up at the Detroit Zoo. Yeah. Uh, I've done I've done it for like the cancer walks and stuff like that. So I like to do it for that, but I also do it just for fun. Yeah. You know, that's I've always been a you know big Halloween fan. I don't think I've ever not dressed up for Halloween in my whole 40 years of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people can definitely see some of your cosplay and TikTok videos on TikTok, oh, yeah. and Instagram, and and everywhere. So. I, and when we get when we do get back, I also do house parties. Mm-hmm. You know, get grab a group of people and I do readings and I usually have drinks. <laughs> yeah. And you know, food and stuff like that to make a day of it because I usually I'm out there all day. I've got a whole bunch of people that want to do that, so we'll figure out a way to do that safely. Right. So thank you so much for talking with me, Brian. Oh, thank you for having me. I'll have you guys out soon so we can talk about my crazy house. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Bye. Bye. that interview. I learned a lot from it and I hope you did too. As always, you can find me on social media at Ghost Gale Podcast. And if you have a paranormal experience you would like to share, you can reach me at ghostgalepodcast at gmail.com. I'm your ghost gal, Liz Cowell. Thanks for listening.